I, I did a TikTok where I was like, okay, I have a group, I have a Discord, widows and their twenties, widows and widowers, you know, whatever you identify as, twenties and thirties. If you kind of relate more to Deadpool's character after his wife died, as opposed to like the Hallmark widow that goes to Alaska and starts making custom chairs and then falls in love with the local businessman who shows her the real meaning of Christmas. This is for you. Like this group's for you. Hello and welcome to Grief, Gratitude and the Gray in Between podcast. This podcast is about exploring the grief that occurs at different times in our lives in which we have had major changes and transitions that literally shake us to the core and make us experience grief. I created this podcast for people to feel a little less hopeless and alone in their own grief process as they hear the stories of others who have had similar journeys. I'm Kendra Rinaldi, your host. Now, let's dive right in to today's episode. got the honor of chatting with Tani Plattis today. She is a voice actor, podcaster, and comedian. And it's really important <laughs> that we, we emphasize the comedian part of this because that's what's played a huge role in her grief journey. So uh, Tani, I'm excited to have you on. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I'm so excited when you reached out and I was like, wait, I'm like, I recognize that name. I recognize that name. And then I was like, I'm like, oh, I do recognize it. I saw her videos on TikTok. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so how about we dive there into um, why it is that you have the death is hilarious, technically is kind of your motto. Um and then on TikTok, you do a whole bunch of little sticks, uh, sticks uh, regarding that subject. So how about we just start at that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, um, I was widowed when I was 28. I found my husband's body. It was very traumatic. <laughs> he was the only person that I really had in my life, my only family. Like he was my, my very best friend, my everything. And um, when that happened, the paramedics were like, you know, hey, sorry, kiddo, he's gone. Um, I didn't want to be alive anymore. Um, I was totally alone in the world. Like even the dog was not going to keep me alive at that point. I was just done. Um, but you can't say that to the people around you when that's happening. Cause then they 51 50 your ass. Can I curse on this podcast? I just realized I didn't ask. Yes. Yes, I okay. I can't do it's uh, I I upload the RSS feed on SoundCloud and so SoundCloud mm -hmm. doesn't have a way of me actually being able to do each episode explicit but I just put the little explicit on the in whatever quotation. So as people are listening they'll just know it's explicit. So it's up to them if they want to continue listening. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of saying I don't want to be alive anymore to the people that were there, the paramedics, the trauma specialist. I said the next thing that popped into my head, which was a joke. And I was like, I'm not ready for you to take his body, but I guess you have to because you're liable to end up with like a Norman Bates situation from Psycho. And that's no good. And they started cracking up because paramedics are sickos. Like they deal with really, really they, they dark, the dark stuff. Humor. It's probably the only mm -hmm. way they're able to cope with such 
you know, tough environment that they're in, right? Right, exactly. A lot of people that work in those really traumatic occupations, like medical professionals, um, military people, um, you know, funeral directors, people that see a lot of really, really rough stuff day in and day out, use dark humor to cope. And I found myself right in that same space because my trying to resuscitate my husband and failing is on repeat in my head and probably will be for the rest of my life. So for me, dealing with that, you know, upfront seat to a constant loop of a horror show, it makes it a lot easier to deal with with humor. If you can laugh at something, it's not as scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that makes so much sense. Now, for a lot of us, that could be like a coping mechanism. And for some, it's a protective mechanism or both. So do you feel that for you at the beginning, was it a protective mechanism at the beginning and that then you ended up realizing became a tool for you to be able to grieve? That's a great question. And I, something I've noticed myself as well, because humor is a tool. And you can use it for multiple things. You know, I, I like to say you can use a hammer to build a house or crack a skull open. Correct. <laughs> it's, your, it's your choice. And there are people that use humor to deflect and they use humor so they don't have to deal with what's going on. For me, humor is something I use to shed a light, shine a light, I should say, on something. I, I don't think it was ever used to deflect. I think it was used to make it easier to talk about the stuff that I was going through because it's so much harder to be sobbing and weeping and to be really in that all the time. And I wanted to talk about it, but I didn't want to be hurting as bad when I was talking about it. Right. Yeah. It, 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 uh, it helped you just make that, uh, conversation a little easier for yourself. Now I'm curious, like the people around you. So for example, the paramedics, they laughed when you made the comment because of the type of humor. So now about, how about your other family members or friends? How do, how do they cope when you come up at the situation with this dark, you know, (laughs) humor in, uh, in surrounding your husband's passing? By going no contact with me. <laughs> really? Okay. Let's go there. Let's go there. Okay. Let's, so, okay. So you mentioned 28. So this is how many, because I don't know your age. So how, how, when was it that he passed away? What year? Uh, I'm 30 now. So that was uh, November 8th, 2019. Oh, Tawny, this is so recent. I know. <laughs> Shoosh. Wow. Okay. So tell me the no contact then of people that are not comfortable with you coping in this way? It it was, it was, I already didn't have contact with the vast majority of my family. I I grew up in a a situation that kind of didn't allow me to continue relationships with those people. And the last ones that I did have relationships with, they were terribly offended by the jokes I was making, the things I was posting, because I posted my stuff to Instagram TikTok. I, I was sharing it online for many reasons. One is because that's that's the space I worked in. I'm a voice actor. We work online. That's where all of our communication and our contact socialization is. It's all virtual. And then that's also where my, you know, my art is as a comedian, as a content creator. And 
that that's what was going on in my life. If there was anything that was ever going to influence my work, my art, it was going to be finding my husband's body. <laughs> and the other reason that I was sharing was because when that happens to you, when you find your spout, the love of your life's body, when you're 28 years old, there's not exactly like a contact list in your phone where you're like, you know what, I'm going to reach out to my other friends my age who are widowed and were widowed traumatically. We're gonna, I'm going to go to them for support. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew what I was going through. I had to be reaching out into the world where I'm like, is anybody else going through this? I know there's no way I'm the only one, but there's nobody I know. There, there didn't seem like there was any other option. And people interpret that as being attention-seeking, exploitative, which I always think is weird because I'm like, it's mine. It happened to me. I don't understand how that's exploitative. Mm-hmm. So pe- people get really offended by that, though. Mm-hmm. I could, I can, I can see how that perspective could come off in different people, especially because as you've realized, people grieve so differently. And so therefore, when somebody is grieving in a way that you do not understand, it's, um, it's like, you're like, what is she doing? Like, you know what, right? Like, it's just like odd. Um, now when you then started to reach out and in this community, did you then start finding these other either widows or widowers, other people that could relate to what you were going through. And I always say relate because in reality, none of us really can understand what somebody else is going through. That we can't really truly understand because we're, we don't have that person's relationship or, you know, or upbringing to know exactly how they're coping with death, but at least relate in some way or another. So did you find that community? I did. I really oh, tell, did. It was so me. cool. It was so cool because the I, I get hundreds of messages a week from people who are like, I have been alone in this and then I found your content and it's made me feel so much less alone and seeing all these other comments on your work about, hey, me too. I get it. This happened to me as well. This makes sense. I don't feel as alone anymore. All of those people reached out and I had to build my own community. I had to build the community around that because there's not a lot out there. I Believe me, I went looking for it before I started doing this. I was like, okay, where are the groups with young widows who are tattooed, who curse, who are using dark humor, who aren't, you know, like finding a really so much peace in their walk with the Lord, which is fine if you do, but it's like, that's not me. And that stuff just personally drives me nuts. You know, like I'm like... Everything happens for a reason. I've just come so close to Christ. And I'm like, I have not, you know, and I need something else. <laughs> here, here she's, this, we could use this as another demo here for your voice acting <laughs> with all the different voices you've just done. By the way, I, if I put mute, just so you know, there, or if people set, hear sound, it started to rain here. So if by chance you hear a little sound in the background, that's what it is. <laughs> Um, so that, that is so true. Like you needed to find a community that not only could relate to what you were going through, but that also had similar, uh, perspectives of about life so that you could relate in a different way. Uh, and we're young too. Like you're saying, it's like at 28 to become a widow, it's really hard, uh, to probably find that many young women. Although now that I've interviewed people on this podcast, I've 
met a lot of young widows. So I, I know that there's a lot out there. Um, so then how did you take that, those relationships and created that community outside of then the social media work that you were, you know, spaces that you were in? Outside of the social media Outside spaces? of it, meaning like, did you create a blog or, mm. or something else or another form of communication with these circle of friends or community yeah. as well? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I recently actually, within the last couple of weeks, I posted a TikTok that had me talking about that. Like, you know, this is a group for young widows because there's young widows and there's those groups and I found them. It's like young widows. I'm like, great. And they're like, we're in our 50s and 60s. Our daughters are, you know, your age. You know, I'm like, like, this is not for me. Like, I get that that's a young widow, but like, I'm even younger than that. And that was really mind blowing where I'm like, I am half the age of yo a young widow. I'm an excruciatingly young widow. Mm -hmm. So I, I did a TikTok where I was like, okay, I have a group. I have a Discord, widows in their widows and widowers, you know, whatever you identify as, 20s and 30s. If you kind of relate more to Deadpool's character after his wife died, as opposed to like the Hallmark widow that goes to Alaska and starts making custom chairs and then falls in love with the local businessman who shows her the real meaning of Christmas. This is for you. Like this group's for you. And um, that was a couple weeks ago. I think we're already up to about 150 members in the group. Great. And so on it's Discord really cool. Is where you're communicating. On Discord yeah. is where you have your group. Okay. That's where the group is chatting. Yeah. <laughs> so my, my son is the one that uses Discord. I don't even know because he's a, he's a gamer. So that's how they communicate. He's like, I don't text my friends. I, chat on discourse how discord I, I yeah know. discord you see i don't even know how to say it you can know you can know i'm not in i'm a, not a young i'm not in that population oh uh, i'm not young on tiktok man on tiktok they're like wow so you know you're getting ready for retirement you old hag i'm like yep 30 one foot in the grave <laughs> oh my gosh that's hilarious okay now let's talk about your and your husband so you were widowed at 28 so can you please what's what was his name and tell us about him and how you guys met and your relationship would you feel comfortable sharing oh, that I love talking about okay, him okay please please share with us uh, his name is George and we went to junior high and high school together and I saw his cute little flippy 2003 surfer boy hair walking through the halls on, in, on my way to science class every day and I was just like oh <gasps> he looks like Johnny Tsunami. I was just totally smitten with him. And he was Mr. Cool. And I look like Wednesday Adams. And we live in California. So I was just admiring from afar for years and years and years. And we finally met at a mutual friends party. And um, it was like, it was love at first hookup. <laughs> we, uh. we hooked up and fell in love that night. Like it was supposed to be a fun time. And we both were like, Oh, you're my person. Whoa. <laughs> now, this is how many years later? So middle school is when you met him and you would kind of like, so when is it that you hooked up, as you say, like when you guys- 22. Oh, so yeah. So after, yeah. right? And was he in your same grade in, in middle school? Was you was he in your same grade? He was a whole grade ahead of me. Oh, you like the older boys. Like those, <laughs> like those older boys. He has like almost like 11 months on me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then from there on, then- when did you guys, so you're 22, then when yeah. did you guys get married and share about your 
wedding day because it must be yeah. just as unique as your relationship. So I want it to is. <laughs> it is. We we knew we were in love that night, but we're both very like science minded atheist types. So we were like, all right, let's like let's logic this out here. We don't want to be crazy and like move in and get married right away because that's insanity. So we actually like looked up when like the average time to say I love you was, when the average time to move in together was. And like we plotted this out on a calendar and we're like, all right, we'll start making plans in three months, you know, like three months from now, you know, we love each other. That's how we know. I you, you put that in a calendar. I would not, I would not see you as a being that you're the comedian and kind of the creative type, I would not see you as this like logic, like let's put this on a calendar just does not fit into my understanding of your personality. Now I know. It oh, always wow. surprises people because I'll go yeah. out and I'll just be like, hey, let's pierce my lip. Let's get a tattoo. Like I'm very spontaneous. Woo. Yeah. Very but spontaneous. With that, you were very like practical. very methodical. <laughs> yeah, methodical. That's interesting. So then yeah. how, my money's how, involved then. You know what I mean? We're combining <laughs> finances. We need to be very, very practical about this. Yeah. So when what? So how far into then? When was it then? When did you put it in the calendar? We did everything. We did three months for I Love You. We okay. did a year for moving in together. And at midnight on the year mark, he showed up at my condo with all of his stuff in his car. And he was like, let's move in. Uh -huh. <laughs> it was it was so romantic. It was so adorable. He was so excited. <laughs> he was so awesome. excited. And then um, we, we got married, actually. Like, I wasn't in a hurry to get married or anything. Like, I personally don't care. Like, to me, it's like, you know, let's only get the government involved when – it makes sense. Like again, taxes and stuff. I don't need, I don't need all that. And, um, we, so he needed health insurance. So I just rolled over one morning in 2000, August, 2000, August 22nd, 2016. So we would have been together five years this month. Um, I rolled over in bed. I looked at him. I was like, Hey, you know, like you need health care. Cause again, this is 2016. And I was like, uh, why don't we get married so you can get on my insurance plan? And he was like, oh, really? You know, I'm like, yeah, let's get married. You know, like, why not? <laughs> and he was like, oh, my God. Like, he was so excited. And the way you're saying the whole thing, it's like this role reversal. Like, oh, like, you know, like, it was like this role reversal of of the Hallmark kind of movies. The opposite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he loved it, too. I was like, yeah, I was Love super it. romantic, rolled over in bed, hadn't brushed my teeth. I was like, hey, you know, we should get married because uh, health health care. And he was like, yes! Like, it was, and he loved telling people about his proposal story. Like, he was so cute. We totally got how funny it was. We were very, like, role reversal. And he loved it. He loved it. He was the best. He was so cool. Aww. So, um, yeah, we went and did that. <laughs> like, we went, like, Monday morning, after I proposed to him, we went down to the courthouse. It was just it was just George and me and the judge and two witnesses, two clerks. And it was we were in Oregon and we, we got married and it was the most magical, like intimate experience. Like I highly recommend everybody eloping if they're getting married. It is it is so intimate and special and magical. Like it we we loved our wedding. It was incredible. Mm. Because mm, it was, yeah, you were really able to focus on each other. Yeah, our wedding was just our family. So, mm -hmm. uh, so I understand the intimate component just because it was literally like, I don't know, seven of us in the, <laughs> that yeah, us exactly. So, um, so that was us. So I can understand. Now, let's talk about you because you were talking about the, you mentioned atheist, scientist, scientist kind of like, you know. So tell me more about 
how then with your ideology about life, are you, um, what is your idea then of this relationship if it does continue after he's passed or not? And if so, what is that dynamic for you um, now that you're a widow? So, so as an atheist, like a hard line atheist too, um, I find a lot of comfort in the like metaphysics theories, if that makes sense. That's where, as somebody who's very sciencey, that's where I find a lot of comfort. And mm-hmm. to the best of my understanding, time is not linear. You know, so what has happened, what's happening what will happen is all happening simultaneously. So George and I have always been together and we will always be together and we're together right now. It's just my perception. that's all messed up. And there is this line from this cartoon song, Adventure Time. The song's called Time Adventure. And the line goes, if I could hang all these moments like up on a wall so I could see them all, I would see that what happened is happening, will happen, happens again and again, and you and I will always be best friends. And that song is happening like kind of during like the end of the world. It's like the apocalypse in this world. And that song just, that will always break me down and just like make me just weep because it's so encouraging. Like I'm like, you know, it's, it's not, it, it always is. And it's a very hippy dippy way to kind of look at it. But that, that brings me a lot of comfort that and the um the atoms thing too you know like atoms are all recycled and you know throughout time energy so I'm like, like just in general of energy being not not, not being created nor destroyed kind of principle kind Is of that yeah kind of? Mm-hmm. yeah you know I'm like well you know maybe maybe George and my atoms were that's how we explained our soulmate thing It's like maybe our atoms have been the ones that keep colliding and like you know running into each other and our atoms are recognizing each other. And that's where that magnetism comes from. And those same atoms are in other people. So that's how I can still connect with other people. You know, it's all one and the same, like, like it's a very, again, hippie way to look at it. Like I am he and you are me and we are all one and together. So again, George and I have always been together and always will be. And, you know, the people that I love now are those same atoms and, it's all, we're all one, man. <laughs> so being that I am somebody that is religious or spiritual, whatever you want to see, I, I love to find out the different ways that people do find comfort, you know, when somebody dies. Because for me, that comfort comes from that connection continuing. And to know that that is also how you feel, that the con- connection continues because there is no time. Like, I love that because it's like we all seek comfort regardless of what it is that we believe. There's something about the aspect of death that we all have to find some meaning to in some way or another in order to keep going, right? To keep going and to kind of uh, not just throw in the towel, you know, <laughs> that quickly and, um, and to keep on that connection. So thank you so much for sharing that. I loved it. Oh, yeah. And the part of the atoms I've heard, you know, the, what holds even the atoms together, like why it is that an atom, you know, atoms are all kind of together is love. Love is what, hold, that's that invisible force that is there. And even just in science, like that's that unexplainable 
source that's there even in the science and love is that. So that just continues. So I love that analogy of the atoms in you <laughs> and, and, um, <laughs> and George. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, now, what are other, oops, what are other ways uh, aside from um, comedy and humor and sharing that on social media that you have found that have been tools that you've used in your grief journey? Mm. Booze, sex, you know, kind of the typical ones. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, those those are some tools. Um, no, I, <laughs> I I found a lot of it has has been therapy, of course, too. You know, like I always really want to drive that home. Comedy is not a replacement for therapy. A lot of the comedy I do too, it's it's hyperbolic. It's things that I have felt. It's not necessarily even how I'm feeling now making sure that I'm processing all of this and having like tools to cope with these mm -hmm. things from therapy is very important for me. Radical acceptance is a big one, like with dialectical behavior therapy. That's, that's my jam. I love what DBT. What is it? Which one? Dialect, which I haven't heard that type. What is it? Yeah. About? Dialectic. Cause there's like three therapists doing it in the country. It's, oh, <laughs> it's, okay. it's, yeah, di <laughs> it's dialectical behavior therapy. It's similar oh. to CBT. Okay. Yeah. So um, I hadn't heard of, of that one. Okay. And so how how long after uh, George's passing did you seek for therapy? How many months, days, weeks, years after he passed did you seek for therapy? Fortunately, this was not my first. Unfortunately, fortunately, this is not my first Here. time at the tra fortunately, trauma I'd rodeo. <laughs> yeah, I'd say fortunately because it made you not be afraid of it too. So I'd say fortunately, yeah. you know, that you had already you already had a connection with therapy in one or another. So right. going to therapy was not odd for you. Yeah, it was just like kind of. I, I called my therapist that night at two a.m. I was like, you know, hey, like she already knew actually, so it was before two a.m. I, I called her and I was like, hey, George died, you know, so we just kind of like picked it right on up. We just added that that into the trauma salad, you know, another garnish mm -hmm. on the plate. <laughs> yeah. And trauma, that is a that's the big one here, because as you said, that's a bigger component, another big component, not bigger. I don't I don't I don't want to categorize here, but the trauma component in your grief uh, is one that is very unique. So. Yeah. You had already experienced trauma before, is like before, yes. yeah, yeah. I was going to therapy for for trauma okay. for mm -hmm. a lot of that Other stuff things. from yeah from childhood stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I so I was already seeing somebody, and they were mm -hmm. fantastic in helping me. We added some more therapists in because I'm I'm a fun mixed bag of different things. So mm -hmm. we got the got the PTSD specialist on board now and. He's fantastic. <laughs> That's so good. You have this team and that you're able to, to seek for, for that support because a lot of people that do experience trauma don't ever even seek for help. So the fact that you had gone through things and you still seek, did you seek for it or did, were you like told, does that, you know what I mean? Or kind of like, were you sent to seek for it. Does that make sense what I'm saying? To oh, it does. And I knew I was messed up like immediately, okay. like after experiencing all that, like that was yes. the, one of the things I was thinking once they got me off my husband's body and took me outside. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to need a lot of therapy for the rest of my life after that. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, yeah, that was immediate. That was like, 
immediate I need to go get this taken care of because it was graphic yes. like even what I've shared on on the show here like that's like watering it down it was yes it, it is a it was gra- gnarly graphic experience mm-hmm um, yeah, I'm not even, I hadn't even asked you the cause of death because I'd figure you'd probably share if that was, if that was something you wanted. Do you share the cause of death? Do you yeah. share that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. It was, um, it was complications related to his heart condition. Um, so he had a single ventricle anatomy. He had something called hypoplastic right or left heart syndrome. So that was one one ventricle instead of two, three chambers in his heart instead of four, and his heart was a mere image on his chest, and that leads to a lot of comorbidities. He was in and out of the hospital, but he was, like, improving. So it was still really, really shocking, you know, even though he was getting sicker, slowing down. We were more like, oh, man, we might only have, like, five, ten years left. Like, he's not doing so hot. It was not supposed to happen that year. That was That was not supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Now that was, so you knew when you started dating at 22 that he had this or when did he mm-hmm. find out? Yeah, you knew. So you knew oh, your, yeah. that he had a medical condition that would make your relationship be short, but you still, it would still caught you off guard. Of course it always does. Yeah, it doesn't it does. matter. Right. It, like yeah. I said, my, you know, my mom had cancer and even knowing that her cancer was terminal, it still surprises, right? Even that, yeah. like, it's like, even when, you know, it's like, it's still a surprise. So, um, particularly with him because he, and he told me this, he was so upfront with me. He was like, look, most common thing people with what I have die from is sudden unexplained death. You know, you, I could be, I could just be gone any moment. And I'm like, like, okay, yeah, sure. But probably not. Right. You know, and, and the way that he was, the surgeries he'd been through, the life stuff he'd been through, everything, he always landed on his feet. All the doctors were like, like, wow, you're so resilient. You're so healthy. You're so hearty. Like if it wasn't for actually seeing this image here of your heart all jacked up, like you'd never guess. Yeah. Yeah, Like Mm -hmm. you lift weights. This is amazing. Um, I was like, I was like, yeah, sure, maybe, but like, not really, you know, like I didn't actually mm-hmm. think that George Plattis was gonna die. Like it was something where I'm, I, I would get nervous. I would get scared, but I'm like, he keeps being okay. All the evidence is pointing to George Plattis always survives. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. still, yeah, still, so yeah, yeah. You still held on to that, that hope because he had shown that resilience and all his life. Mm-hmm. So, um, Let's talk now about, you just mentioned his last name and being your last name. So holding on to that as your last name, you, um, you mentioned before some of your coping mechanisms being sex, booze, those kind of things. I know you were adding that to the mix and the jokes. So let's talk about relationships and where, um, how has that been? I know that it also happened right before all this quarantine and everything too that he passed. So how is it being one, a widow during quarantine? That's a lot of, lot of questions here in one question. So you can answer whichever one or in whatever order or none of them. The other one would be the aspect of dating. If that's something that's already come up for you. Yeah. So I called my therapist at 2am cause I was like, I'm still, wanting my nightly bliss like this is like I'm a monster obviously and she's like no you're not she's like I was expecting this your husband's so hot like she goes of course of course (laughs) 
And I'm like, okay, I'm I not saw a that TikTok one, by the way. Yeah. I saw that TikTok <laughs> one of you laying in bed and like, you know, like that that little video of like, this is me after, you know, my husband just died, wondering how am I gonna get? Yeah, right. It was something like that, getting my night sleep with us. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And so that so she she just had it. So that's so cool. So your therapist is also uh very comic <laughs> per se. Also she's hilarious. Humor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also uses humor. So it's the right fit because then she's also responding in the same way that you are saying. Okay. So, yeah. okay. So that was like one of those conversations. So then when, when did you start like either, you know, going out or actually mm-hmm. developing connections? Because one thing mm-hmm. is right. They can be separate. Right. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Those are two different things. Two like different it- <laughs> yeah, f- so filling the literal void and filling the metaphorical void are two different things mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> uh, literal void was starting to get filled within like I think four weeks about uh, is about what it was. And um, that was like completely different from looking for somebody post COVID too. Because like post COVID, it's like you can't really, we call it widhoing, you know, where you're just going out and you're just like kind of like sleeping around. Um, you can't really widho during a pandemic, though. So I had my first stage of widhoing, which was very different than post-pandemic. Post-pandemic, it's like you need to be with somebody who's not a moron. You know, make sure like they're not going out and about taking all these risks and everything. So it's got to be one person, and you're going to be probably spending you know regular amounts of time with them. So you want to make sure you at least like get along like decently. Like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the the second time around, I posted uh, <laughs> on my dating profile was like widowed comedian comes with dead husband jokes and I'm like let's just let's just put it out there it's you know it is what it is especially at that point too because I had gone viral so it was like I was very you know if they were gonna look me up they were gonna see what I did too Mm -hmm. yeah it wasn't gonna be like when I was just a voice actor and I could be like you know uh I'm a voice actor I'm in town in San Diego when I'm not in LA looking for a good time so I did that. I, you know, matched with a lot of men because a lot of men have very low standards. And uh, <laughs> I ended up matching with this one guy who I saw his profile picture and he's sitting in a wheelchair and it says, hey, at least, you know, I'll never walk out on you. Oh, <laughs> good humor there. Yeah. I was like, I need to meet this guy. I was like, wow. And he was super good. Like, like like 10, you know, I was like, damn, <laughs> it was like smart. Cause you know, you can't have a good sense of humor if you're not smart, mm-hmm. smart, good looking. Wow. And, um, we, we hit it off instantly and we, we've been together since like March, I want to say That's of this awesome. year. Yeah. Yeah. That's, awesome. <laughs> That's so awesome. I love it because yeah, you found somebody else that dealt with something hard in their life also with humor. So mm-hmm. it's like you, you get each other's witty, uh, witty, sarcastic, dark humor style in the yeah. in, in situation. So that's both, both been traumatized and have dealt yes. with it in the appropriate ways for us. And I, I think that's like where, where it comes together. Okay. I love what you said about you and your current, you know, Bo, my boyfriend. Your boy, your Bo, <laughs> He's your my boyfriend. boyfriend. Your yeah. boyfriend. Okay, I can say boyfriend. Uh, how you said it was the right way for us to cope for us. That w- that little line that you said right there of the for us. That is so important because that is what we all need to acknowledge when we see people 
grieving or or trying to deal with trauma or any other things is that they're going to find a way that's the right way for them and it may not look the same for you so um so anyway so i liked i liked what you said that it just kind of was very empathetic per se you know that that way of of saying that um now when does tani cry when are like those moments in which you truly just allow yourself to express grief in tears when the moment comes, like I don't, I don't have, I don't schedule it. I know a lot you of don't, people schedule oh, it. You did not schedule yeah. that. You scheduled your <laughs> wedding. You don't schedule your cry days. <laughs> I scheduled when I would fall in love with this man, but like I do not schedule my crying. No, <laughs> that's spontaneity. <laughs> that's there. You go. That's like getting a tattoo. That one just comes when it's like, ah, oh, just I won't plan that one. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna cry right now. Yeah. Yeah. So and then yeah, you just. Just kind of go with the with the flow with that with that aspect. Now, have you yeah. in in your um, videos and TikTok? Have you come up also in that vulnerable side without the humor component sharing? Everything's vulnerable. Actually, there's so much yeah. vulnerability in comedy. That's actually that that would not be the right way of saying it. Have you come up in that other side of you of the sadness showing up in like a somber way as well? Um. I, I get informational, you know, I get like, I get a little bit more informational, I think, as opposed to like somber, like, you know, I'm like, you know, this is International Widows Day and this is what International Widows Day means, mm-hmm. you know, or I'll say like, uh, I, yeah, I think that's kind no, of about I it. I get, I get more informational. I'm not one to post videos or pictures of, of myself crying like that. That's not, that's not something that. I, I feel very drawn to myself, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I, I would imagine there, there is some validity there, like, and it's helpful to some people, you know, I think it goes back to, I always compare that to um, Mad Max with the war dogs. They go, I haven't seen that movie. Can you believe I never saw it? It's so old. And it's it, so right? good. And, and I've never seen it. It's And aren't they making a remake, I think, or did they already made a remake? Wasn't oh, Mad you're Max? talking about the 80s Mad Max. Yeah, I'm talking oh, about the remake. About the oh, okay, okay. You see? Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can know our age difference here. <laughs> well, which I love the originals too. I love yeah. Thunderdome, you know, and I, I loved Road Warrior. And then the the um, continuation of the series was just, that's one of those ones where I'm like, I'm like, okay, Hollywood did good. Like okay, reboot. That to, was a good I'm reboot. Okay. okay. But I'm there's have this. To there's this thing that the war dogs, like that the guys in Mad Max say, and it's before they, they do something, you know, like heroic in their minds. And they say, witness me. And they go, witness me. They go, witness me. And I'm like, that, that really speaks to me as a widow. And I just like, I think as people who are going through trauma or going through anything is witness me. We want to be seen, you know, and I think it's for a lot of reasons. We want to be witnessed. We want to be seen. For me, wanting to be seen has to do with connectivity, you know, connecting with people, not being alone with what you're doing. If anybody else is seeing, not seeing it, is it happening? You know, especially now I I work from home and it's COVID. So there are times where I'm like, like, does this, is this even real? Is this happening? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I want somebody to, to be here to witness this, to see this. So I think that's why people do post those, those, sadder those most more somber 
pictures, videos is because they're like, I am alone in this and I want somebody else to see this. They are looking for comfort. And you, you, you see backlash from stuff like that from people like, oh, it's attention seeking. And they say it like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you're, you're playing the victim card. You need to be strong. We, we don't like that in American culture. We don't like vulnerability. We don't like people seeking comfort. We, I mean, think about it. Like we're so pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's the kind of society. Don't air your you dirty laundry. Don't air your dirty laundry or things like that. So even those kind of comments, you're not even allowed to share that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think we don't normalize a conversation about talking about grief or things like yeah. that either, because it's supposed to stay behind closed doors. That's where toxic positivity comes mm-hmm. from. You know, it's like, no, be positive. That makes me uncomfortable. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. You need to just suck it up. That's another one. I can't tell you how many times people have told me to suck it up and put a smile on and be positive and just get through it. And I think that also is because of capitalism. You can't be you can't be productive if you're sad. That's why we have all those stuff in the workplace. Like be smile, like you know, smile, be happy, smile, smile. You shouldn't be here without a smile. It's really sick. Like we're living in a black mirror episode. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is so true because if somebody like even what you just said about productivity there isn't like even set aside time for somebody to take off from work if they're grieving they'd have to take sick days or i don't know you know there's maternity leave and there's paternity leave barely. but there's no like <laughs> and barely even but there's no like grief leave, <laughs> you know. Not, like, you get like three three days of bereavement leave, and it doesn't matter. Oh, there who is died bereavement. Either. Oh, it's yeah. three days of bereavement. That's just to do the like the like. I don't even know if you could plan like a. You could probably plan a funeral in three days, but you can't even like do all the other things that. That's just the business side of the grief part, right? Of those three days, like you still need the time to sink into it. And even that there'll be waves. So a few years down the line, you still may have mm-hmm. a time in which you need to have for yourself because you're grieving, you know? Oh, definitely. So it's, uh, and we don't, we don't talk about it. So people don't know don't. how to deal with it. It's it. And then you're wondering, why am I sad? Why am I tired? Why am I having so much trouble with this? You know, mm-hmm. people expect you to fall into this very specific way of processing your grief and dealing with it. Like you need to be sad, but not too sad because then you're wallowing in it and they'd want you to be happy. But then if you're happy and you're enjoying yourself, that's a little suspicious. Are yes. you actually yes. really sad? Did you kill your husband? Did you love him? Yeah. Did you love him? Did you mm-hmm. really love him? Because now why are you making jokes about it? Like if you, oh, yeah. really, <laughs> right? Like why, oh, yeah. why? You know, questioning everything. You're so right. And why did you already find somebody? You know, like all these things that are like questioning and um, uh, like I, I, I am I, the same so day. Much. I am the same day. Like my, my husband at his funeral, people were saying, you're so young, you'll find love again. Don't worry. And then people were, you know, you're going to get married again soon. We're saying that at my husband's funeral, you'll get married mm. again soon. We're the same people that were judging me when I started dating again. Like you can't yeah. win. You can't win. Wow. There is something very specific they have in your head, in their head. And if you don't fit that mold, you're, you're screwed. You're a bad and, person. And, yeah. And when you say those kind of things of the, oh, you'll find, you know, love again or things like that, it's more like blanket statements to not knowing how to comfort somebody else. Yeah. They're not necessarily, like you even said right now, meant because therefore, why would they not be supportive when you do find love, right? 
So they weren't really Completely. meant. They were just more like these like kind of things like I'm uncomfortable. I have no clue what to tell her. I'll just say she's young. She'll find love again. Or, right. uh, or for example, with somebody at my, you know, first pregnancy was a miscarriage. Oh, you'll be able to get pregnant. Again. You know, things like that. Yeah, that it's exactly. like, uh, it doesn't take away from the fact that I'm sad that I just lost a child. You know what I mean? It's like, yes, mm-hmm. I'll have children and, you know, later on, but, and I did, but it still doesn't take away from that. So yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's blanket statements. And, and it's so funny because even though I know these things, I still end up falling into the trap of saying things like that myself. Do you, do you find yourself sometimes saying things that you're like, God, why did I say that? You know, like, oh, why, yeah. did I, why did I use that comment? And I even had to tell this lady, she, she divorced a teacher from the kid's school. I saw her and she had just gotten divorced. I'm like, where's your husband? She's like, oh no, we're divorced. And I'm like, and I said, I'm sorry. Right. I said that she's like, oh no, I'm good. And so then I'm like, you know what? I'm so sorry that I said, I'm sorry. I'm like, I realized that I have to first ask, how do you feel about it rather than putting, projecting my emotions on you. So what are some of the things that people have said that for you have been like, thank you. Thank you for witnessing me or for, you know, seeing me. What are some of the things people have said to you? For, for me, the stuff that I really enjoy is just this fucking sucks. And I hate that this is happening to you. I'm like, I know. But like when people say I'm sorry, it doesn't bug me that much, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's another thing that we have to keep in mind is that like, you know, we're, we're all different too. Like, I think people like, like people come to me a lot of times and they ask like, Hey, there's uh, somebody who lost their person. What should I do? What should I say? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, you can't put us all in a box. Like we're all different. Like a lot of widows hate shit that I really enjoy. Like, like, I'm sorry doesn't bug me, but it bugs a lot of people. They're like, why are you saying you're sorry? Like, you didn't do it. Did you do it? That's such a stupid thing to say. And it's like, for me, I think it's just shorthand of saying, like, I'm sorry you're going through this. Like, I'm mm. sorry that this has to happen to you. Like, it sucks. Mm. Um, it doesn't bug me. It bugs a lot of people. But, you know, you can't put us in boxes. We're not cats. Then we'd be Schrodinger's widow. And that doesn't really roll off the tongue quite as well. <laughs> doesn't yeah, work. That's so true. That's so true. Yeah. It's so, it's, people do reach out to me as well and ask me, what do I say? What do I do? And I'm like, well, just be you. First of all, just be you. And mm be there, let the person know that you're there for them. That's as much as you can do. Like, let them know yeah. you're there. Cause what I, I don't say, know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you say? What I always say is like match their energy and repeat what they're saying. So it's like, you know, good idea. whatever they're saying, wherever they're at, that's where you need to meet them. So if, if there's a widow that's like, I'm just glad he's in paradise with the Lord now, <laughs> like be like, yeah, that's really awesome. God, that is something to be grateful for. Like that is something to be glad about, you know? Oh, I'm grateful for this. Yeah, that is, so- this fucking sucks. This does fucking suck. You know, like I, I want to drink and watch Netflix. Like let's drink and watch Netflix. I got my password. Let's do it. You know, um, offering food is always good too. I don't think anybody ever gets mad if you offer food. Like when mm-hmm. people were, people were sending me, that's that like to this day is still a good thing. Like if you're going to offer me food, I'm going to be your, I'm going to love you forever. <laughs> like Offering food, offering services. If you're doing something like, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm going to go put gas in the car. Do you want me to grab your car? I'm running around doing errands. I got to get toilet, just stupid stuff that you have to get for mm-hmm. you. I have to get toilet paper at Target. Do you need toilet paper? Like mm-hmm. ju- just that, that stuff, that little, little stuff that you're doing, extend that, extend that to the widow or the griever in your life. That is a great tip. 
great tip and great advice. And I like what you just said of echoing and kind of mirroring and matching that energy that the other person is saying because you have to relate to them, right? So yeah. for me to be saying something to you about, oh, he's in heaven now and God, like you'd be like, what? Because that's not your lingo. That's not going to match you. You, you right? I got to say, from, you guys yeah. are atoms. You guys are continuing. <laughs> yeah, time You're is just, time is a flat disc, man. It's not real. I'm like, yeah. Like, I, I had somebody do that. <laughs> like, yesterday, I posted something about how far I had come from wanting to, you know, take my life to now having all of these gigs lined up and, you know, having found some success in my career. And, this person was like, that's so great. As a Christian, I believe that you and George are going to be together in heaven someday. So you know that he's looking out for you right now. And I'm like, you know, like, and I'm just like reading that. And I'm like, thank you for reminding me that that's a fairy tale and it's not true. Like, I'm like that, that to me, it, it reminds me to me that it's not real. And I wish it was. So it's so true, like about meeting people where they are. Like if that person, you know, was saying all that, I'm like, yeah, you know, God, God is good. He's very gracious. That's, that's wonderful. You know, yep. You'll be together again someday. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's true, but like, if that's what they need to hear, it's not going to hurt. And that's something Correct. I think people need to realize is like when you're talking about beliefs in that realm, that's where it doesn't matter because you just need to find comfort. It does yes. not matter what you believe yes. in that realm. We're talking about vaccines. That's something different. But when we're talking about spiritual beliefs in that sense, mm -hmm. as far as it just affecting you, it does not matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to just, uh, yeah, meet the person where they're at with their in with yeah with their you know it's a word I learned in when listening to a podcast was lore l o r -E. yeah mm -hmm. yeah I like I had never heard of that like so with their understanding of the world world word with world um, and meeting them with that instead of your own and projecting your own onto them so right um, so that is awesome now tell us then how people can reach you and follow you on all these different platforms and if they like dark humor tawny is your girl <laughs> and she just did that the like kiss sign kiss right isn't that kiss? oh kiss? no heavy metal the oh, heavy like, metal heavy okay the think about like ozzy part. osborne you know? yeah ozzy okay i thought that kiss would also do that but you know the band kiss i think uh, they do yeah they do too? okay um the hang loose kind of whatever that is okay go ahead tell us how they can find you tawny so you can find me at deathishilarious.com. That has links to everything I do. I'm mostly on TikTok as far as like my sketches go, my humor goes right now. Uh, that's just at my first and last name, at Tawny Plattis. Uh, I'm, and I'm on Instagram at thatdeathpod. So really the hub is deathishilarious.com. Okay. Because there they can just see all the other all the links. Uh, links. Okay. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And I'll put that in the show notes. Anything else that I did not ask that you wanted to share that by chance I didn't ask? No, this was so much fun. You, you're, <laughs> a love, you're a lovely interviewer. This was a blast. Thank oh, you for having oh, me. You're a you're great so guest. I, lo <laughs> I loved having you and just listening to your perspective and relating, uh, relating to it as well. So thank you so much, Tani. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kendra. Thank you again so much for choosing to listen today. 
I hope that you can take away a few nuggets from today's episode that can bring you comfort in your times of grief. If so, it would mean so much to me if you would rate and comment on this episode. And if you feel inspired in some way to share it with someone who may need to hear this, please do so. Also, if you or someone you know has a story of grief and gratitude that should be shared so that others can be inspired as well, please reach out to me. And thanks once again for tuning in to Grief, Gratitude, and the Gray in Between podcast. Have a beautiful day.